Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Here's the Point with Caden Kelly, where I read books and I talk about them on my podcast to keep myself accountable to read a book every week. Uh, and uh, all the books are nonfiction, and they're here. I read them to increase my health, my wealth, my wisdom, and my peace. And then hopefully, whatever I share will help inspire you to do the same as well because we're all better off uh, improving our lives every day, every little bit that we can. Uh, this podcast is a supplemental podcast to my main podcast, and I said podcast way too many times, uh, called Book Club with Caden Kelly. And in that podcast, I do this, but I do it in an hour and a half. Here, I do my little spiel in 15 minutes or less for your convenience. So that uh, that way you don't have, you know, if you, you want to cut through the bullshit, you could cut through the bullshit and you could get straight to the point. So this last week I read a book called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. And I don't have the physical copy, so I just have a, the picture from the audio book. There you go. That's a good, uh, there's a little, it's red. Malcolm Gladwell, He's uh, he's been a prolific writer for most of his career. And uh, he's written for several big publish you know big paper companies whatever the Washington Post the New York Post and he uh wrote a book called Outliers subtitle The Story of Success uh in 2008 and this book is uh it's super it's uh, super popular super super popular and I read it a few years ago and I forgot that I did so I accidentally bought it again and so now I have two copies two digital copies of the book Anyway, um, here we go again. Uh, for me, round two, but for you, most some of you, probably round one. Uh, I read the book. I take notes on it, so I'm going to read from the notes on my phone. And uh, again, 15 minutes or less. If you like this conversation, though, you can go to the longer one. You can find access to that on my blog, cadenkellysblog.wordpress.com. Or you can go to my Instagram. We'll have links to everything, Cadence Podcast on Instagram. And... Uh, or you just keep listening here, baby. doesn't matter. Just do these ones. So 15 minutes or less. We're already two minutes in, so let's get to it. Uh, the book's broken down into two parts, and I kind of want to just explain the whole concept of the book first so that the whole thing makes sense as I explain it. Um, he analyzes the story of success for you know extraordinary people. Examples he uses are Bill Gates, uh, a guy named Bill Joy, who helped write the the script that we use for the internet. He basically created the internet. He talks about successful hockey players. He talks about uh, the uh, reconstruction of South Korea's airline philosophy. Um, how you know just how people have become extraordinary, or how something bad has become something extraordinary. And his theory is it's based on two fundamental principles: success is not. I'll say what success is in his eyes. Success is a result of time and place and of cultural legacy. So what success is not, what massive success is not, is innate talent or ability, what you're born with. Really, it's a matter of what opportunities are given to you and how um, how we use those opportunities to become extraordinary. So... I'll go through the book, you know, the, the major points that 
he made really fast and we'll, I'll show I'll help get to that conclusion uh, in the introduction yeah he's he sets his intention uh, the int- Gladwell's intention with this book is to analyze success in a completely different way so uh, part one is called opportunity and uh, he uh, and then part two is called legacy uh, part one he talks about the hockey kids so kids uh, there's a you, you know I don't need most of the book is anecdotal, and I talk a lot about the stories in the longer podcast. I'm not, you know, I got to keep this brief. So basically, I'll say just the just the conclusions from a lot of research and study. So kids in Canada who are born early in their early in the year have a higher chance of becoming a successful hockey player, professional hockey player, than kids born later in the year because. Uh, a lot of different reasons. Again, I, 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 I got to be brief to get through this whole book. It was really good. I really enjoyed analyzing this. Um, but uh, hockey kids, professional hockey players are mostly successful because of their the time they were born uh, and because of the advantage that kids have. Uh, you know, kids born early in the year have a physical advantage over kids born later in the year and their physical advantage gives them you know it gives them publicity in their coaches eyes in trainers in scouts and they receive special treatment and more you know just more specialized training to help them become professional hockey players that sets the kids born later in the year at a disadvantage because they don't receive the same special treatment i'm being extraordinarily brief and i'm not going to do much of this justice but time and place very important that's time successful hockey players have uh, you have a higher chance of being a successful hockey player if you're born in January, February, or March than you do if you're born in October, November, or December. Uh, chapter two is called the ten thousand hour rule, and I've I've heard about this for a long time, and I guess I real I just learned that Gladwell is the one that coined it, and the point is, you become a master at anything after putting in ten thousand hours, and it's an arbitrary number, but the point is after after putting in an extraordinary amount of work, you become a, a master. It's not exactly 10,000 hours. It's not a, you know, like a threshold that you cross after 10,000 hours. It's just the principle of working, practicing a thing way more than most people. And 10,000 10, hours is a lot of work. His, his, the story he uses is the Beatles. The Beatles had an opportunity in Hamburg, Germany to play eight hours a day for months at a time. So they got tons of practice in really early on in their careers, which is what he thinks is what set them up to become who they are in our eyes today as the Beatles. Te- the 10,000-hour rule. Again, I'm going to cruise through a lot, a lot of this. Uh, we work harder than most people. And the uh, uh, chapter 3 and 4 is called The Trouble with Geniuses. This is kind of his reason why innate ability doesn't necessarily set you up for success on its own. He uses Chris Langan, Christopher Langan, as this example who was a he was a kid born uh in unfortunate circumstances but had was born with an exceptionally high iq so he's very intelligent but he didn't have opportunity to learn how to use his intelligence really to get what he needs out of life a quote from the short form blog that i found online says chris langan's early life lacked the support and opportunity necessary to nurture and develop his gifts Gladwell suggests that Christopher Langan's family experiences failed to instill in him 
the practical intelligence needed for success. He didn't know how to ask for what he wanted and get it. So it's not just having skill. You can't just be like built like a LeBron James or, or smart like a Bill Gates. Uh, you have to you have to be able, you have to learn practical intelligence to apply what you've been given, and you have to actually do the shit right. You have to actually work. You have to put in the time to work to get as good as it takes to be a master or to be a professional. Chapter five is about Joe Flom, who's a who was a ultra successful attorney or lawyer. I don't know what the difference is. And um, chapter it's the three. So chapter five is the three lessons. I'll just go through them really fast. The reason why Joe Flom was an excellent attorney or lawyer or whatever the fuck. Lesson one is Flom got lucky practicing a type of law that was at first unpopular. And then the practice became extremely popular. And so he was in incredibly high demand, which is what one reason why he le- led to, which is one reason that led to his success. Lesson two, demographics mean everything. When you were born, to whom, in what circumstances, and city, etc. Joe Flom was a, his parents were Jewish immigrants to America, and they revolutionized the garment industry and uh, became ultra wealthy, which gave Joe Flom tons of opportunity to become a good lawyer. If he was born in the slums, you know, in poverty, he may not have had the opportunity to become a lawyer. He wouldn't have revolutionized the, the, the attorney world. He would never would have, you know, he wouldn't have been exceptional at his craft. Lesson three, your work must be fulfilling and to flow it was. Gladwell says hard work is a prison sentence only if it doesn't have meaning. So those are the three lessons of Joe Flom. We're killing it. Let's keep going. Part two is legacy. Or more specifically, cultural legacy. He, sh- uh, he shares a few examples. Um, but the uh, right here in chapter six, uh, he said the right here, he shares the purpose for part two. The question for the second part of this book is whether the traditions and attitudes we inherit from our forebearers or our culture plays a role in our success. And his conclusion is it does. Chapter seven is the ethnic theory of plane crashes. And to be very brief, in eighties and nineties, the uh, uh, tons of plane, an exceptionally high amount of plane crashes from South Korean airlines. And it was it's he thinks it stemmed from a cultural ideology where um, subordinates didn't feel like they could challenge their superiors, like co-pilots couldn't challenge uh, captains when the captain was was in the wrong or when was just fatigued and couldn't make good decisions it's a cultural thing it led to a lot of plane crashes and once they once that was adjusted and the cultural setting in the cockpit was removed and it was all practical with guidelines to to you know resolve issues in the on a plane uh it was resolved so yes that's that's a south korean example eth- ethnic uh, the ethnic theory of plane crashes. Chapter eight is about. It's called rice patties and math tests, and the idea is. Asian cultures, Asian countries are better at math because of their work ethic, uh, better than Western countries, the Western world, because for however long Asian countries have worked in rice fields, which is inherently a really difficult crop to grow and to produce. But they have they figured out the craft. They've become exceptional at it. It requires an insane amount of hard work. And that hard work 
attitude and mentality transfers to their education ethic. And uh, so they work harder in school. And the, 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 the thing is, Asians aren't in, they, they're not born to be better at math than Western, the Western world. The, the, the thing that sets Asian cultures apart is their ability to stick with problems longer than Western countries because of this work ethic that they developed that you know that you learn working in rice fields. This is his theory again. So um, Americans and the Western world doesn't suck at math or suck worse than the Eastern world. We just have we don't have the same the exact same cultural upbringing or or development that the east that the Asian countries do. They learn to stick with problems longer and consequently are better at math because they stick with math questions longer. They they're able to learn it better and and they don't have summer breaks. Chapter nine is about uh, summer. Americans don't have a school problem. Americans have a summer vacation problem. Taking a taking periodical breaks from school sets kids at a disadvantage where in Asian cultures, Asian countries, they they study through the summer. They st- like they don't have 3 months off out of the year to to do vacations, right? So, uh Asian it's just it's this uh weird or unfamiliar cultural differences that sets Asian cultures up for higher academic success uh because of their work ethic. That's chapter 9, Marita's bargain. Um, success is a gift. Those given opportunities and have strength and presence of mind to seize them uh, are successful, not your inherent skills. That's the premise of the book. Time and place and, uh, you know, and family life and cultural legacy. Uh, in the post-audiobook interview, Gladwell says, the irony is that outliers aren't really outliers. They are product of time, place, and culture, and I'll say of hard work which I guess is culture. But uh, people, people who are able to work hard and seize opportunities given to them are the ones that are successful. And people like Bill Gates, you know, they wouldn't have, he wouldn't have become what he is if he didn't take the opportunities given to him. He, w- you know, he would have just been maybe an average uh, programmer. But he, he had the opportunity to, and I'll, you go listen to the, the podcast or go read the book. You'll learn the opportunities that were given to him that allowed him to be the you know an exceptional programmer really really fast he was able to put in 10,000 hours of programming practice really early on and, and uh really at, over a short period of time just tons of dedication to it so uh, if you want to if you want to take control of or if if you want to be successful at anything you you have the ability to you have you can take control of your life that's what we do with this podcast to increase our health our wealth wisdom and peace we do our best to optimize these things, but it's we're accountable or we're responsible for them, regardless of our external circumstances. Uh, we, we get to choose to improve these things. And the more time and energy you put into improving them, the quicker that they become better, right? So that's that's the whole point. I think my time is up. So if you like this podcast, go listen to the longer one or go read the book. I actually recommend go reading the book. Uh, the the other the my longer podcast called Book Club with Kate and Kelly. You can find it on my uh, in the bio on my social medias, or on my blog Kate and Kelly's blog dot wordpress dot com. And uh, that's it. We'll see you next time.